Hello, and welcome to the Windsor Church of the Nazarene podcast. We thank you for being here with us and pray that you feel the presence of the Lord as you listen to this message, and it helps you in your journey and faith with God. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Three words, three life-changing words that define this day, Good Friday. You know, as a child, I often wondered why we call Good Friday good. I mean, why do we call the death of our Savior, our King, a good day? You see, in in the moments leading up to Jesus' death, we we view this this grand scene of, of torture and of darkness and of hurt. As we read of the events and the moments leading up to Christ's crucifixion were given visuals and of, of suffering and of despair. We, we watch as our Lord is betrayed. We become witnesses to an unfair trial. We read on about the denial of not, of, of not only Peter, but of, of all of his disciples as they flee out of fear. We look out as, as we see the torture that's being endured by our king through through mocking and, and beatings and the crown of thorns. And perhaps we even cringe as we hear the words of the crowd shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Not to mention the crucifixion itself. What is so good about this day? And we also hear the, the pain and, and, and the agony that's being felt by Jesus as he cries to the heavens, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Today, why is it called good? I think it's because although we recognize the evil and the agony out of this day, we also see that out of it comes good. That while today is full of of pain and suffering, it was for the overall good of all salvation, that each and every one of us receives salvation because of Jesus on this day. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus chooses these words, I think, wisely and with intention. These are the words in Matthew 27, 46, but they're actually scripture that Jesus is reciting earlier. These are the words of Psalm 22, verse 1, that Jesus is reciting. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Why are you so far from the cries of anguish? You see, in Psalm 22, these words were a cry being made by the people of God. And they're repeated by the one who saves us all, who saves them all. 
Jesus in those words is drawing attention to himself and the fact that God has heard their cries. That he has sent his son to remove the barrier of sin between them. You see, in the time of Jesus, these scriptures would be very well known. Maybe in, in the hurt of that day, they may not have been caught, but I truly believe later on, disciples and us as, as readers of the word of God see that Jesus is drawing attention to the fact that God listened and had not forsaken him. You see, Jesus, yes, felt the pain and felt the suffering, but he was suffering for the ones who had previously cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus on the cross is evidence that God had not, that he was committed to proving his love and his, 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 the very fact that he didn't leave their presence through this ultimate act of love. You see, before this time, Jesus had never felt the separation of himself from God. He says it himself, my, uh, my father and I are one. So Jesus willingly feels this separation so that none of us would feel that separation again. The sacrifice that Jesus makes on this day was made in love so that all of us could be saved. And in that moment of separation, in that moment of pain, Jesus has another cry that comes from his mouth. And these are the final words. It is finished. You see, from, from that statement, we do not have a cry of defeat. But in reality, it was an announcement, a pronouncement of victory. It is finished. This was a cry of victory. This was the great moment of victory for both Christ and us as his creation. It is finished. Christ's death was necessary, was the sacrifice necessary to rid the chains of sin in our lives and the power that it was holding over us. Because of Christ's death, a new way to God had been opened up, the only way to God, and that was through his son, Jesus. And see, so much is happening here, like I said, with the previous words. Here, I don't know if the, the disciples or people who were witnesses to this firsthand truly understood the power in those three words. In Greek, actually, it would be one word, tetelestai. And this would be a word that, is, that, that was commonplace in the culture and society of Jesus' time. You would hear these words in the marketplace when transactions or deals were being made, when both the seller and the buyer, whoever's making the deal was satisfied, they would say to one another, tetelestai, it is perfect, it is good. Nothing needs to be added to the deal. Nothing needs to be taken away from the deal. We are both satisfied. As well, if you were to bring an offering to the temple and sacrifice it, you would hear the words tetelestai. This sacrifice is accepted. It is good. Nothing needs to be added, nor should anything be taken away from it. So when Jesus says, tetelestai, he is not saying it as a sigh of defeat, but an explanation on that his task is completed. Tetelestai, it is finished. 
my sacrifice has been made and it is perfect. And there, not, there, there doesn't need to be anything added to it and there doesn't need to be anything removed. Christ's death on the cross paid the debt that was owed by each and every one of us. The price for our future is paid by Jesus in full. There's a book, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the, the story of Philemon, which is actually a letter that Onesimus was delivering to Philemon. And Onesimus was once a, a slave of Philemon and had run away and escaped and met Paul and, and more importantly met the Lord and became a follower of Christ. And Paul asks Onesimus to go back and deliver this letter to Philemon. And in that letter, Paul says to Philemon, if Onesimus has done you anything wrong, if he owes you anything, charge it to me. That is what Jesus did for us, going to the cross. In any debt that we owe, any sin that we've made, any darkness that we've hid or rebellion that we've had, any punishment that we deserve, Jesus said, charge it to me that the deal will be satisfied, tetelestai. And I think when Jesus died, you might have even had the, the God, the Father say those words, it is done and I am pleased with my son's sacrifice. These are words of victory because the perfect sacrifice has been made. Jesus has broken the walls of separation and sin down. And we have a restored relationship with him. And this is not just for a select few, but it tells us in Hebrews 10, 10, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus in Christ once and for all, as if nothing needs to be added, but it is also for all people. It is finished. We can proclaim victory because Jesus fulfilled it all, fulfilled all of the prophecies. We can exclaim victory because we have Jesus who finally fulfilled all of the laws, kept all of the rules, never broke a single one of them, did what none of us could do, and then took on our sin and paid the price for our wrongdoings. You see, Christ cries in these three life-changing words. It is finished, a cry of victory over sin and over the fear and pain of death. Because through those cries, and three days later, Jesus validates and proves his ability to bless each and every one of us with an eternal life in his presence and the presence of his Father. You see, in It Is Finished, the enemy was stripped of his power and stood defeated. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55-57, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, on Good Friday, we celebrate because there's nothing more to be done by us short of accepting the gift that Jesus offers to us all. Christ paid the debts. He washed us clean with his atoning blood. And all we do is to then receive the gift, confess him as Lord and Savior, acknowledge this sacrifice, give thanks for it, and recognize that this actually is not the end. Three days later, 
we celebrate because it is finished. The separation is gone. The door has been open. And we can say in a matter of days, he is risen.